All right, here we go. Last Sunday uh, morning. Who was here last Sunday morning? Okay, let me do it the other way. Who, who missed last Sunday morning? Okay, you guys are going to have to catch up. Well, I mean, because this, this is kind of like a part two, an unplanned part two. Actually, after this week, uh, after Wednesday, I had grabbed Bruce. And I said, man, will you take Sunday? I just don't have any spit left in me this week. And then as the week progressed, uh, the Lord started giving me my spit back. And if you come here, you know what that means. If you're a visitor, sorry. Um, so this is where this one's coming from, um, from last week. The message that was preached last week, uh, titled, This is War, and we had a, a black gospel music song with it, um, which was just outstanding. The, um, this church here, you know, probably is not a fan of maybe black gospel. I, I love it myself, but, and I, I understand that, and it wasn't the music that I was saying, hey, look at this, look. No, it was the words that they were singing. I might be in a daze, but you can't have my praise. Remember those? No matter what's going wrong, my war clothes are still on. All these phrases that were just unbelievable. And then as it was building in me that week to present it to you last Sunday, then I started hedging. I started thinking, God, I don't know, because I never, ever want to turn the house of God into a circus. Um, just never. And I say that to our visitors because I had special t-shirts made with phrases on, you can't have my family. Remember that one? And all these different phrases. And then I went out and bought a bunch of different army gear and asked different people um, to wear it. And so we had all this scattered around hats and army gear and t-shirts and that's why, as I was leading up to that message, I started thinking, God, please, I don't want to make, you know, your house. And so I would always bounce it off Ruth and keep bouncing it off Ruth, and she's like, go for it, go for it, go for it. So we did last Sunday. And now I've been saved 40 or 41 years. Uh, this church is 25 years old now. Tons of messages, tons of opportunities to preach. And that message has had more response than probably any message I ever preached, ever. Even from other, other states. Um, I got one from Florida the other day. It's a relative, distant relative, and she went, Uncle Joe, what do you mean by red hankies? Yeah, exactly. And this girl needs salvation so bad. So I sent her the song. I said, you'll get it. Listen to the song. So... That is where now this has come from, from Sunday morning, all the various things that have come back through. In fact, we had a out-of-control Memorial Day picnic. There had to be 80-some people. And before it started, Ruth went out and tied the, the red hanky on our lamppost. And so I took a picture of it, put it on Facebook, and said, I plead the blood. Next thing I know, I'm getting all these pictures of where you guys have put your hankies, one on a mirror and a bunch in rearview mirrors, some on purses. Uh, it's, it's just awesome, totally awesome. Because in that message, I said, now, especially us men, because we'll think, 
remember I would bring out, I think this is probably kind of stupid and silly and immature. All it is is really a mechanic's red hanky is what I we got for you. They were new, not used. And, you know, you think it's silly to wave it and, you know, but I said, if you really believe the word of God and understand what this song is saying and the waving of that hanky, because he would even say there's protection in the blood. Remember he said that kind of stuff? Okay, so here we go then. So many times after great victory, and that was, it was just sky high Sunday because I was afraid to do it, hedging, uh, thinking that I knew that maybe a lot of you, if not most of you, or maybe some of you thought this is about the dumbest thing pastor's ever done. But my biggest concern was God. God, are you okay with this? Are you all right with the army stuff and, the, the, and all that? And, and so as it worked out to be uh, a tremendous because the words that were behind the um, songs and even certain people I gave certain shirts to so that it would be a, like a sign, a, an emblem, a statement of faith for them. You can't have my increase. Uh, you can't have my breakthrough. All these various things that we kind of did last Sunday. But many times after a victory, uh, the enemy plans a counterattack. Okay, so, and I know that a lot of you are going through counterattacks, not just us. But if you remember the story that Elijah challenged the false prophets of Ahab and Jezebel, in fact, there was about 850 of them, and it was just Elijah. And you remember the story, Mount Carmel, and Elijah called down fire and uh, God gave Elijah tremendous victory over the 850 false, phony pastors, preachers, prophets. But Ahab was king. And that was a low blow for Ahab. And Jezebel was his out-of-control wife who actually ran the, the nation. And she sent a word to Elijah who's walking in his great victory, maybe tying the red hanky on his lamppost out his house and getting all response from people of how wonderful uh, what God has done and the various things that the Lord has done. And, and Jezebel sends word to King Ahab and said, um, by this time tomorrow you'll be dead. And that would be like you getting a letter from Michelle Obama. I mean, that's who that was. It wasn't uh, just your mad neighbor because your dog walked in their property. This was the wife of the king. And all she had to do was say, at 360 Spring Valley, take that person out. And she's out. They're gone. And so Jezebel says, by this time, tomorrow, Elijah, you'll be dead. Now you would think after a tremendous victory, all the reports coming in, that Elijah, who just seen fire fall from heaven and wipe out the army of Ephraim, would say, bring it on. But he panicked because he's flesh like you and I. At least, at least, it assumes, I would assume that he panicked because he ran. He wasn't like David running to Goliath. I come to you in the name of the Lord. No, he ran the other way. And then he ran further, it says, out into the wilderness to hide from the battle. <clears throat> because he panicked. So this morning's message is entitled this. Don't let the enemy steal your praise. Don't let him take what he's 
what God is trying to do in us and in you. Us as a corporate body and you as an individual. And when I mean praise, I'm just not talking about music. Praise, that's part of it. Worship. He would love to steal that as you glorify God through praise and worship. But praise means many things. It means your conduct. It means your actions. It means your testimony, your faith, how you live. The enemy wants to steal that and rob it and kill it. And so he comes with a counterattack to try to do it. And I know many of you are now in a war. I know Audrey is, and Jim, John and Rowena, attacks and counterattacks. Now Ralph and Donna, Mike and Vicki, attacks coming from the enemy. Even Tiffany and Joseph, Ruth and I. Unbelievable, high emotional utopia. We have a granddaughter coming. We've been waiting for a granddaughter for eons, it seems like. And then the counterattack. And I know that some of you went to war for us and went to battle for us. And I'm, this is not an us message. This is to give you glory, the glory to God. When people come together, circle the wagons and cry out, you can't have our family. You can't have our increase. You can't have my praise. Now some of you still might be in the dark with what happened with us. But on Wednesday, uh, full of glee and excitement, this is the day that Addison was to be born. A little early, yes, but absolutely necessary. Because Tiffany's body wasn't handling it. For whatever reason, it happens sometimes. Her blood pressure going through the roof. The doctor looks at us and says she's going to have a stroke. We're like, are you kidding? She's 29. She's just having a baby. What are you talking about? And that's how it started on Wednesday. And then off to the delivery room where we think everything's going fine. And we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And then I walk over because Ruth can't handle it anymore. And she's like, would you go ask? And so I walk over and I said, uh, you know, I know you know what you're doing, but we're just kind of wondering. And they said, well, they decided to give her a C-section. We're like, what? What's, what? Do you, why? Well, okay, whatever. I mean, we're really kind of in the dark. So the next thing, I'll go past the next hour. The next thing I see is this doctor, lady doctor, totally exhausted. I mean, it looked like she was in a wrestling match looking down because she was taller than Ruth with this look on her face and I'm about 20 feet away and I'm thinking, oh dear God, this is not good. This is not good, but I'm seeing. And as I get there, all I hear the words coming out of the doctor's mouth was, I can't give you any guarantees. So then the counterattack starts. The enemy jumping our case and everything that we're looking for a nice, pleasant, wonderful, let everybody know, and they can bring their pink little bunnies and everything that they buy. Everything now is in a daze. As we were blindsided. Next thing I know, as they go in to talk to Tiffany and, and Joseph, they're saying that uh, Addison's got to go to children. We're like, what? What are you, 
because we're actually on the fringe, though. They bypass grandparents and go to the parents. And so I'm spinning and Ruth's crying and everybody's wondering what. And I finally look in. I said, Joseph, and this is what he does. And dad. The truth. That's the truth. So I, I see Addison minutes old going by in a clear box. I don't know what it was. It was I don't know if it was an incubator. It had special stuff because they're thinking all kind of things went bad. They called it, I think if they used the word right, they called it a depressed birth. That she is being pushed out. She's partially out. And all her vitals go south. The heart's about to stop. Blood pressure's about to stop. Three doctors in there. What was the name of Dr. Loomis, Dr. Swan, and her pediatrician, whoever that is. Riley, I think. Dr. Swan shoved Addison back up into the mother. They grabbed Tiff, and they're running. As she's in the bed, they're running to the next room to do an emergency C-section. Take the baby out. Next thing she knows, Addison's at Children's Hospital. And we're just looking at him. What, what happened? So we find out depressed, lost of oxygen, Seizures, seizures can happen. Brain damage. Uh, spinal posture. All this kind of chaotic, crazy stuff. And I'm trying to get a hold of God. I'm trying. Who was to the men's Bible studies about all that sort of do your duty? I was walking out into the room by myself. Remember when God says he'll drop you into battle that you didn't? And I'm telling God, God, I don't have it for this. I don't have it. Please, God, I don't have it for this. You've got to give it to me if this is what we're to face. Next day, Ruth and I were walking, and we're about 50 feet from Addison's room. Tips all beat up here in Zanesville. She just went through it. Joe's with her, and we turn intensive care. We turn this corner, and we look, and Addison is just laying in this bed, not hooked up to anything. And we're just looking at each other, and the nurse looks at us, says, you grandparents, yes. She says, well, come here, and I'll tell you about your baby. She goes, she looks, she takes us over to the baby, and she goes, first of all, she's beautiful. She goes, second of all, she's perfect. Truth. So we're uh, obviously losing it, and... Then the doctor comes in, neurologist, maybe, I can't. 
And he sang the test that they gave her. He said everything bottomed out. They had nurses would probably know. Thermo, cold blankets waiting for her. They had all these different things because they were expecting all this damage to be done. And when they got the baby and got the report, they looked at the baby and said, she don't need any of this stuff. And so the doctor came in as we were there to check her. And he's checking this and checking that and telling us that uh, everything looks very good, very promising. You know how doctors talk. They're the biggest faith killers in the world. And he says, you know, um, and then the other doctor comes in. You know, there's two. And they're talking to each other and saying, yeah, this looks good and that looks good. And these things they're saying and we're kind of trying to doggy paddle and still believe. And he looks at us and he goes, you know, from the reports that I got concerning your granddaughter and to what I see makes no sense. He said, he, he did. He, he said, um, all the criteria, everything that she's supposed to need and have, we don't need. And I don't have an explanation. And obviously Ruth is like, oh, we do. It's truth. It's the truth. And she goes, this is God. God did this. And the doctor looked at her and said, oh, okay. Man, I'm a believer. He was, he was a Christian doctor. And then the other doctor said, oh my gosh, yes. He goes, in fact, he looks at her like, I got to teach a Bible study tonight. Two, two Christian doctors, okay, taking care of her. And then we're not even really knowing what to, so we're with the baby and we're rejoicing and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, Ruth picks up a little thing you stick in her mouth, a pacifier. And she just starts sucking on it like crazy. And, you know, I just happened to get a video of it. And I'm sending it to Tiffany and everybody. And you're all thinking, oh, you know, like some of you are doing now. And as we were walking out, we started hearing someone yell, Ruth! Now we're in Children's Hospital. You know, I don't think we know anybody in Columbus. If you ever been in Children's Hospital, it's a maze. It's chaos. And we ignore it because who knows us? And we yell it again. <gasps> Keep walking. And then, then we hear Pastor Joe. Obviously, we stop. And we we turn around and it's it's Audrey Blackstone. Does anybody remember her, Audrey? She works in urgent care at Children's Hospital. We just happened to be walking by. She just happened to be looking out and saw us and came running out. And of course, Audrey is pretty good at nursing and stuff and she said one of the first signs I look for is will that baby suck on that and little Addison's just sucking away on on all that and the nurse told us up there that Zanesville did a wonderful job now how many times do you hear Zanesville if you ever get sick leave Zanesville I've heard that since I've been here they told us that Zanesville saved Addison's life so Joe told me, I said, Joe, what, what were you guys doing? What, what did you do? He told me, he said, Dad, at one time, we got our Hank, Tiffany, got our Hank, yeah, and they were waving their hands in the delivery room, pleading the, 
There's no power in this. You understand? It, it was what was preached and what was uh, behind this and the song and everything built faith into people that believe. Built faith in it, not this. This is just a rag that you can take your rag and go change your oil in your car today. That's just a rag. But if you dare to believe, if you believe the power of God, that, that God can do things. And it, it seems like at this point in time, Addison is completely out of the woods. She's still at children's because she's just not kind of eating uh, a little bit more than they, they want her to. But she's not hooked up to anything. And she's beautiful. She's just beautiful. And it's just, we are we're absolutely amazed. But here's what I mean about stealing your praise. It was about five in the morning when Ruth and I couldn't sleep and we were being tormented with thoughts in battles of the mind from the enemy, even after getting victorious reports and things seemingly to going back up. And you have to make a decision, a determine, that you will not let the enemy steal your praise, steal your belief, steal your faith in Almighty God. And it's a, it's a statement of faith and it's an act of faith. Whether you wave that red hanky or whether you say, God, no matter what, I'm going to believe you. No matter what the world says, no matter what's going on, if I'm the only one left, God, I'm going to stand here on God's good earth and believe. Believe the Word of God. And this is what you've got to do. And it says in uh, 1 Chronicles 29, it says, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. David said, here's, he's starting to give praise. Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. We have a way of uh, Americans just blessing God when things are going right and only right. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Now I only share what we went through to point you towards God. To point you towards the Lord. To keep believing God, no matter what's going on. To keep your war clothes on. To keep fighting for your family. Both riches and honor come of thee. Thou reignest over all, and in thy hand is power and might. And in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now he goes, verse 13, says, Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. No matter what. I thank you and praise your glorious name. Psalms 98.1 says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. And that's what we did last Sunday. None of us knew that song. In fact, it was Joseph that found the song. He said, Dad, you think you'll like this? Sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. So you cannot let the enemy steal your thankfulness, your song, or your praise. And he'll try to do it. Because if he's got you, however it is, whether it's through sickness, whether it's through trials, money, relationships, he'll steal your praise. And if he steals our praise, then we hang our harps or our faith up in the willow tree. And that's it. And the church sits down while the world spins out of control, totally lost. We lose our praise, our trust, and our faith in God, and we sit down. That's why the enemy tries to do this. 
Psalms 137.1 says this, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yes, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. They wasted us. Uh, it says, they required of us mirth, saying, sing. Go ahead, sing one of those songs now. Sing one of those great songs of faith now. Let me see you get joyful now. As the enemy pushed them and shoved them. Come on, praise God now when things aren't right. That's exactly what the enemy was saying. And verse 4 says, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? How can we sing in praise when I'm being bombarded with these reports and I feel like I'm spinning out of control? You sing by faith. That's how. You don't sing by sight. You praise God by faith. And you be thankful by faith. You give God glory. No matter what's going on, don't let them steal your praise. When I could finally get alone, which wasn't until Friday from Wednesday, I got in my office, shut the blinds, shut the lights, locked the door, and fired up and screamed as loud as I could. Oh, a whole bunch of songs that God has given me through my times that I needed deliverance through music that we preached on last Sunday morning. You cannot let the enemy steal your praise. Isaiah 12 says this, In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thy anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. In the midst of it, I kept looking at Joseph, waiting for him to absolutely panic or waiting for Tiffany to break down and weep. It never happened. It was supernatural. Like the song we did, something happens. Something supernatural that was beyond us, even though I was in a daze. Therefore with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. And that's what we're doing this morning. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitants of Zion. For great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Right now, in the midst of your situations and problems. Right now. Now do it. Don't say, well, when I see him, then I'll believe him. That's typical American Christianity. God wants to marvel at people that will believe him and yet hath not seen. No matter what, God, I'll believe you. Just like Psalms 96.1 says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song unto the Lord, all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless His name, show forth His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the heathen, His wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. We are to praise God at all times. And like us, and some of you now, 
sometimes it just seems like the bottom drops out. I mean, it's not like something you did, something you planned, something you were expecting. It's just everything goes wrong. Everything seems to be tumbling, tumbling down around you. And then it's how do you respond? Acts 16, 18 says this. This was the lady filled with demonic activities following Paul and kept screaming behind him no matter where Paul would go to minister. In verse 18 it says, And this did she many days, but Paul being grieved and turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas, drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers, brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Everything's falling out of control, tumbling down. You actually turned around and gave aid and help to somebody, and they're throwing them now in jail. They said they teach customs that we are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And a multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them for helping this lady. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep him safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. Just because... What do you do when something like that happens? Well, look what they did. At verse 25 says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Their feet and arms are in stalks with that wooden thing over in the inner prison, way deep inside so they couldn't escape because the jailer knew it would be his life if they got out. What are they doing like this? They start singing praises to God. Start glorifying God. You're not going to have my family. You can't have my breakthrough. You can't rob me of my praise. And they started praising God and giving God the glory. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. And here's the biggest thing that gets me. These were two men. I would expect women to do that. Praise and give glory to the Lord that they love. But us men, sometimes we got too much ego in us. Too much men stuff in us. I ain't singing about the stupidest thing. I'm not saying I feel stupid. That is the biggest, I'm telling you it is, men. When Joseph pulled this thing up out of his pocket, I could have jumped over Tiffany and hugged him because of simple, simple faith that God was with him. Uh, Ruth's in the nursery. Go get her afterwards and ask her how Joe and Tiff was. Rock solid, never wavered. Suddenly they were free. Suddenly through singing, God gave them victory. Suddenly through the praise and through the worship or waving a red hand, suddenly something happened. God moved because of their simple faith. An outreach, the the touch of the hem of his garden, suddenly she was healed by the power of God. 
Ephesians 5.19 says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and in the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before all this happened, I mean, I, I cut the grass on, on Saturday, I think, because I knew we have a bunch of people coming over, and it takes me two hours to cut grass, and this is the truth. I listened to that song over, it's a four-minute song, and I probably an hour and a half at least to cut grass, do the math how many times I listened to that song. And I'm telling you, I was getting, you know, and you kind of forget, I'm just, my, I'm riding that long, or my, and so I was telling Tiffany that because I was telling Joe because of the song. And Tiffany told me, Joe was cutting grass yesterday. She goes, I looked out one time and he was standing on his lawnmower as he was cutting grass. I'm telling you, praising God is powerful. It's not a certain song or a certain singer or a certain type. It's praising God and what it does and what it means to you. What's the, one, the verse say? I can run through a troop and jump over a wall when you start getting pumped and psyched for God? Or you can hang your harp up and let depression come in. Colossians 3 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. In the midst of the battle! When the ship's sinking. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Worship is powerful. Worship can be stirring. Worship's inspiring. It does something. Your faith starts to rise up. You start believing. You're saying, yes, nothing's impossible with God. When you start to believe, whether you're standing on a lawnmower. Worship can be exciting. Worship can be moving. Worship can be powerful. And those who do it believe. That's why the enemy comes to steal your praise. Especially when you need it most. When Goliath is screaming at you and he's towering over you. What are you going to do? Little, you look like ants in my eyes. Whether it's a disease, a relationship, whatever. Exodus 15:1. Remember this one? They sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, "I will sing unto the Lord, for He hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and a rider has He thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength, my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God." You hear the words. He has become my salvation. Are you saved? Well, I think so. I don't know. No, it comes. Yes, he has become my salvation. He is my life. He is my God. It's the difference. We're just sitting here and clapping and singing a song. Strong, spontaneous praise stirs faith to believe for the impossible. It really does. What, I mean, he didn't even say anything. He didn't even say anything. I'm spinning, I'm spinning, and all of a sudden he, he took this halfway out and shoved it back in, and it just made me right back to the, the rock, my feet. I knew exactly what that meant. Brought me right back to glorifying God 
in the midst of this out of control, horrible circumstance. Nehemiah 12, 42, and I'll probably butcher these names, but so be it. And it says, in Ma, Masiah, and Shemaiah, and Eleazar, and Uzai, and Geohanna, and Malachijah, and Elam, and Ezar, and the singers sang loud. How many times we look at the choir and say, come on, let it rip, sing it. I think a lot of us are going to be uncomfortable in heaven. We're going to be going, is there a quiet section? Anything I see in the Word of God is what? So it was quiet for about what? A space of 30 minutes. So get your joy on for 30 minutes. Other than that. And that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced. For God hath made them rejoice with great joy. Wives also and children rejoice. Wives also. The whole thing, understand, is this is men praising God. And it goes, oh, and wives also. And children. So that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. Who cares if they hear it? 1 Samuel 4, 5, New Living Translation says, When all the Israelites saw the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord coming into their camp, their shout of joy was so loud it made the ground shake. Olivia saying amen. Absolutely. Heck yes. 1 Peter 2, 9 says this, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He says, when in past we're not a people, but are now the people of God, which not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. God. Now, Sunday to Sunday, seven days. And if he attacked us, I'm sure he's attacked you. And that creep usually waits when you try to sleep and you're by yourself. He attacks your mind. We're going to give you another chance to sing praises. And who saw my Facebook message? Did you bring it? How many did you bring it? Okay. Again, here we are. You can think this is stupid or not. But I am thanking God and going to tell the enemy, you can't have my family. And by the way, you can't have Ruth and our prayers. I mean, look, uh, even if the next news I get, everything's gone south. We're still going to say it. We might say it through tears and heartache, but we'll say it. You're not going to take our praise and our glory. Let's stand. Hey, do we, have any, do we have any of these left? Who wants one? Put your paws up. Uh-oh. You got enough to give these? We gave like 250 of them away yesterday or last Sunday. Fire that music up. I hate quiet. Hang on. Oh, where is it?
God is in control. The words, the words. I won't turn back. This means joy. Listen to the words. God is in control. You can come down here if you want. I won't turn back. This means war. T-bone, it's war. This means war. You fight for your family. Don't go by your eyes. Come on, men, shake it off. Blood still says I won't turn back. Stand on the other side of him. Come on, come on. Believe for Roger. Believe for Audrey, for John, for Mike. You can't, you can't. Get. Yeah. I wish we could do that. You know me. You can't have my family. You can't have my increase. Break through. Come on, Reebok! Come 
光。Hey Denise, gonna do it again. And man, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again for all you that wish I wouldn't. Here we go. You know who you are. Come on, Kevin. All is well. No matter what, I'm not going back. War. This means war. If you don't have a rag, wave your Bible. In my soul. All is well. I won't turn back. This means war. This means war. Come on, all you exercise folks. Godly exercise. Oh God, touch Roger, Lord. Touch John, oh God. Touch Audrey, Lord. Touch our saints, oh God. Touch them all. My war clothes are on. But you can't have my praise. I won't turn back. This means war. Here's your sword. War. Come on, Dre. You can't have my family. Get your hands off my family. You can't have my breakthrough. You can't have my, you can't, you can't. Come on, Sabrina, wave at me. I plead, I plead the blood. I plead, I plead the blood. This means war. This means war. Don't be running out of gas. Come on. Come on, come on. If that was the Buckeyes, you'd be screaming. Oh, I wish I could play instrument.
can't have my increase. Brian. You can't have my, you can't have my, you can't, you can't. The I plead, I plead the blood. This means war. Oh God, give me rhythm. Where'd Brian go? Father God, you know, you know, Lord God, the right word in due season, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for victory, Lord God. Oh, victory in Jesus. Thank you for the victory in Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Father God, even today, Lord God, as we're reminded once again, Lord God, God, not to lay down our praise, not to set down our harp, Lord God, but to rise up, Lord God, with iron in our soul and a determination in our spirit that says, you cannot have my family. You cannot have those things that you've stolen already, Lord God. Father God, we ask, God, that you would go with each one of us, Lord, here this day, Lord God, as we continue to praise, Lord God. The attacks will continue, but the praise will grow stronger and stronger every day, Lord God. Father God, I ask, Lord, for every situation, Lord God, those people standing here representing issues, Lord God, we ask, God, that you do, Lord God, rise up within them, Lord, that they would praise you no matter what, Lord God. Father God, that the war clothes would not come off, Lord God, but they would understand the battle and that they would rage on and fight on in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Not in themselves, not in their own power, not in their own might, but by the Spirit of Almighty God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Now, Father God, go with us as we go, Lord God, that the battle continues and the victory continues every step of the way, Lord God, because how can we do anything but be victorious as long as we trust in you and we walk in the Spirit, Lord God, and we don't lean to our own understanding, Lord God, but we sing praises to you and we walk with praise. And, Lord God, we live a life of worship and praise, Lord God. Thank you so much, Lord God. Now go with us even this day, Lord God, in the victorious name of Jesus, Lord. Amen, amen, amen.